0: Hey, this is Chris Munts, and this is Ladbrokes Road to the Cup. Single behind, and they're racing in the Lexus Melbourne Cup. Explosive. Jab- I've won 42 Group One races, amongst them the Epsom, the Goodwood, the Stradbroke, Doncaster, and Metropolitan handicaps. I've won the Caulfield Cup. Descarado won the Caulfield Cup for Gay. The Cox Plate. Seven bill, three quarters of the, leaf, the fields of going the slippers. in front, and Trowl wins the slipper for In the lead-up to Australia's greatest race, I'm going to talk to some of my best mates. Who have all played a part in the race that stops the nation there'll be some great stories and memories from some of australia's best jockeys and trainers who have all played a part in the world famous race in today's episode i'm going to talk to jim pumper cassidy and he's going to talk to us about his 100 group one winners and of course the melbourne cup
1: will come in takes the lead kiwi kiwi
0: will beat them all. it's come from last kiwi kiwi's won the melbourne cup a blistering
1: performance
0: kiwi where in New Zealand were you actually born, and where were you brought up? Where did you grow up as a kid?
1: I was born in Wellington, Lower Hutt. In a big family? I, yeah, one of seven, Chrissy. Uh, I was the fourth.
0: And when? Did, what about your riding? When did you start riding? How old were you when you first started to, to, to ride and, and
1: get the, the love of horses? Yeah, well, pretty much when I was at school, most kids were going away on school holidays. From pretty much the time I was 11, I started heading to the stables to learn this trade, and... Uh, I actually had my first race ride when I was 15 um, in the beautiful Hawke's Bay in New Zealand.
0: Wow, and I suppose you remember that ride like it was yesterday?
1: I certainly do, Chrissy. Uh, actually, it was a non tote meeting, and a jockey got hurt earlier in the day. And a funny story, I was sitting in the jockey's room with all my riding gear, um, and a gentleman come up and said, uh, have you got a ride in race four? And I said, no, I haven't. And he threw me the colours. He said, you can ride mine. And I was very nervous because I hadn't had a race day ride. And he didn't ask me how many rides I'd had. So about 10 or 15 minutes later, he'd come back to the jockey's room. And he said, oh, have you had a look at the track today? I said, "Uh, no, I haven't. He said, how many rides have you had? (laughs) I said, I haven't had any today yet. He said, how many have you had all told? I said, I haven't had any. <laughs> so you wouldn't believe it, Chrissy. He took the colours off me and gave it to someone else. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> no. Is that right? Wow.
1: I hope it didn't and win I on you, I did it? I riding a horse in the non-tote. Uh, for the gentleman that had a horse run second in the Melbourne Cup, Dan Deleaf, Right. A gentleman by the name of Alan Pringle. And he threw me on one in the non-tote race after the last race. And I actually run fourth on it. A nice little filly called... Ruahini Lass and then I rode my first official winner in 1978 on my boss's horse at Hawke's Bay, a horse called Tarleton who was probably one of the first northern hemisphere horses that come out to New Zealand very early stages.
0: Wow, I suppose you remember that race too, like yesterday, your first winner, it would have been a great feeling.
1: Yeah, it's always a great feeling when you punch your first one home. Uh, I think I had something like 60 or 80 rides before I rode my first winner, Chrissy. so wow, I, didn't I know never that. thought it was yeah. going to come. But uh, yeah. as it did, uh, it eventually came, and uh, I think the following year I was leading Apprentice in New Zealand, which was a great thrill.
0: Now listen, you've obviously ridden champions, many champions over the years, but... Surely there's got to be your your, your favourite horses, like your best horse that you would have ridden, or you had anything to do with. It may not even have been the fastest horse, but I mean, what's some of the, the the best horses you've ever you've ever sat
1: on? Oh, look, one that always comes to mind was obviously Kiwi '83 Melbourne Cup. I won my hometown cup on him, the Wellington Cup in '82. Look, he he was a horse that I, I I I won a maiden on him. I ended up winning a Melbourne Cup on him, and owned by two beautiful people, Snow and Ann Lupton and. Look, it's a question I get asked a lot about favourite horses but and champions, obviously, but I think Kiwi always comes back to mind. He, he gave me that opportunity, obviously, to ride in the Melbourne Cup, win one, mm. and then that gave me the opportunity to come to Australia and then you look back at the mighty Rough Habit, who won Group Ones in New Zealand. He was a, a Queensland specialist. They all loved him up there, which was fantastic. The
0: boys hit the lead. Look at Rough Habit. Habit's flying on the rails. Rough Habit moved up, grabbed the lead, and he's won the straight. Broke. What a performance, Rough Habit. Moved. He won
1: Group Ones in in Sydney, Melbourne. He went to two Japan Cups. So he was probably one of the toughest horses I ever rode because I remember the great Tommy Smith saying to me after he went to Japan incredible that he could come back to australia and still win group ones at the highest level so is that right look i won nine group ones on him chris he was a great horse to me ruffy mm. um mm. obviously might and power with uh, his cox played his caulfield cup and eventually winning the melbourne cup but look i rode a lot of great horses for barton I, I rode a very very nice horse called maroon that i won a sydney cup on oh yeah owned yeah. by robert Sanksterine he come out from uh, from England, and he only had five races here in Australia. Mm. And believe it or not, I got beat on him in a 15.50 at Canterbury. Jeez. And then he, his next start, he never got beaten. He went right through to the Sydney Cup and won his next five straights. So yeah, jeez. He, he, he was a very, very nice star. He had to be staying sound. He may have been a, a Melbourne Cup contender by the champion sire in Europe, Mill Reef. So, mm, mm. And then, obviously, Zustar winning the 100 at Flemington. What a way to finish. Um, yeah. Yeah, look, I was very, very lucky. I rode a lot of great horses, and, and winning Bart's derby on Roman Emperor in Sydney was a great thrill for me to win for Bart because his Group 1s had been a little bit spaced in Sydney later in, in that later part of his training career. Mm. So mm. it was beautiful. I rode his last Group 1 in Sydney being a, a, um, the new uh, AJC derby. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'll never forget getting back to Ruffy. One day there, you won a, a race on him. At, I think it was a Caulfield, and it was pissing down rain. Like, it was torrential rain. I think he had 60-odd kilos or something like that on his yeah. back. And he stood him a start, yeah. and he just... I'll never forget that race. He just tailed him in up. Funny you say like that. A, a lot of
1: people ask me about some of his great wins. Mm. And that's the race I go back to. It was a welter. They held the race up for two or three minutes at the barriers because we were actually in the barriers, and we couldn't mm. see. That's right. I rode and that. I was riding a horse called it, Grooming it was in the 1400 race. 1,400 metres. Yeah, that's right, and he got up and won in the last two strides and I always say that was probably one of, I know he won some great races, but um, Caulfield Cup day, last race, it was a mighty effort to win with 61 kilos. Rough Habit, rough Habit, what a win, rough Habit has got up to win in the last two strides. What a great champion, what a performance from one of the greats. Raced all over the world, in the States, Japan, Australia, New Zealand. Wonderful performance, number one, Rough Habit, written by Jim Cassidy.
0: Some jockeys have got, you know, habits that they do, and and leading up to a Melbourne Cup, have you got any little special traits or anything
1: different that you do leading up to a Melbourne Cup? I used to try and keep it pretty simple. Um, I had a motto, if it wasn't broken, don't fix it. I used to sweat every day, so I always like to be prepared early and that sort of thing. The main thing I used to do, probably do the last five or six years was wear red underpants. <laughs> and I always found when I had the red jocks on, I had plenty of luck. So, uh, oh, I went I think... from the red jocks to a red oh, G-string oh, the last couple of years. I
0: call bullshit <laughs> on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I call bullshit on that. <laughs> uh,
1: I used to keep it pretty simple. I didn't want to complicate it. Um, I was a great one. Take your own luck to the races. Make your own luck. Uh, barriers and weather you could never worry about because yep. there were two things that were out of our control as you would know. And then of the
0: of the two the two cup winners, like how do you compare them? And you know, can you separate them or which was which was the better horse? Do you think?
1: Oh look, hundred uh, percent. Kiwi was so relaxed. I remember standing in the mounting yard. That day, to my left, was Bart Cummings, Tommy Smith and Colin Hayes all standing together watching mm. the horses parade. And I seen Kiwi walk past, and he was the only horse in the mounting yard that day without a sweat mark on him. Is yeah, that right? And Bart and Tommy and Colin Hayes said, have a look at that thing. He come out and blew the three champions trainers away, their horses, mm, which yeah. I think were noble comment, Mr. Jazz, Kiemare. He made them look second-rate, the, the start he give them and and beat him. But I think he was the most relaxed racehorse I'd ever seen or had anything to do with. So it's hard to be as confident as I was in that 83 Cup because I knew he was gonna be back last.
0: And he was followed by home-mate second last and Kiwi as last of all. Combat is going... He
1: was always gonna look the winner somewhere at the clock tower. But when I turned home and had 23 in front of me, it was a matter of be patient. The winning post is at the bottom of the straight, not the top. Mm. So Mm. I was looking for the clock tower. 250 metres
0: left to go. Kiamare being tackled by Mr Jazz, and noble commenter. Mr Jazz on the outside, noble commenter centre,
1: Kiyomare. A great mate, uh, a great trainer in New Zealand who trained Silver Knight to win the the Melbourne Cup. And he said to me, he said, Jimmy, you look for the clock tower. He said, if he's within a length or two of them at the clock tower, he will win the cup. that was mm. one thing I kept in my mind, Chris. I think I told yep. Roy Higgins prior to the race that I'd be last, last, last. And he said to me, Where will you be at the 600? I said, Last, Mr. Higgins. Mm. He said, Well, have a good ride, son. Enjoy the ride in the cup. <laughs> the lead. Kiwi!
0: Kiwi will beat them all. It's come from last. Kiwi! Kiwi's won the Melbourne Cup. A blistering performance. Kiwi coming from second last to beat Noble Commander and Mr. Jazz in the Melbourne Cup. Kiwi. What a run! When I heard
1: him say to Clem Dimsey after the race that he met Jimmy Cassidy and he said he'd be last, 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 he said it was the most outlandish statement I ever heard. Is that right? So on the Thursday after I got a little bit of money out of the cup, Mm. I went and bought a dictionary to see what outlandish meant. (laughs) 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 And it was quite an outlandish statement.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: but the Kiwis beat him with a mighty run.
0: You got him that time, Pump. You got him then.
1: (laughs) We did. He just ticked all the boxes, I loved him. And compared to Might and Power, where he was very bullish, he wanted to get everything done in five minutes, and with me on him going woo, 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 the whole time. And when I'm guest speaking, I always tell how I used to get him to listen to me and talking, and if I had one ear back, I knew I had him listening to me, We yeah, had both forward mm, pump mm. was pretty much out of control. So yeah. it was nice to get him to be able to back off that little bit in the cup. He hadn't run two miles, so it was always going to be a minus for him at the over race. Mm, mm. I remember galloping him one day at Rose Hill for Jack, and I come back in and I said, I want to ride this horse race day, but I don't want to ride him work anymore. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he was, a, he was a bloody good galloper, very good galloper. He was a great galloper. I read in your book, uh, Pump, there along the way that you, you, you took a break from writing and you yeah. become a bricky's labourer. Yeah. yeah. How did that go? Because it goes on to say you you'd eat a pie once a day. You know, it must be pretty tough for you doing that.
1: Yeah, it was pretty good. Look, it, it's always hard when you have setbacks, and as you know, Chrissy, I had plenty of them in the game, and uh, I got disqualified. Uh, I think it was a running and handling charge, so I, I pretty much had to sell up everything and start again. And I went uh, labouring, I, I went fencing. I remember I was at Belmain in the old crick- Cricketer's Arms Hotel and me boss at the time said to me, he said, oh, you can get down on the cellar and clean the cellar out. And I thought, why is that? He said, well, you're only four foot two, you can get under there and clean it <laughs> out. No one else can fit. <laughs> but it was oh. a good experience. Yeah. Um, I had I had my uh, my friend, darling wife, Vicky, would bring me, bring me some... Um, some some prawns and some fish and chips for lunch so oh, i was always looking after things you. and pies that i couldn't eat when i was riding so yeah, there you that go. break done me good <laughs> <laughs>
0: and you went show jumping you did a bit of show jumping at the same time
1: yeah look i love that 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 was good it just kept me eyeing i wasn't that good at it but i loved it i was mm. still um connecting with the horse and it sort of kept kept the soreness away so when i eventually did go back um but look when setbacks happen it's I just used to judge that it's not the setback that happens. It's how you come back out of the setback. And um, Mm, as you know, mm. I was able to do that on a number of occasions, which was was my love for the horses and the passion for racing. And then
0: when you actually did retire in 2015, what what made you say enough was enough? Yeah, well,
1: funny enough, I I went to the trials one day at Rose Hill for Chris Waller. I had seven rides for him at the trials. I had two for John O'Shea. And I rode a couple of nice horses. I come home and I said to Vic, I think I'm going to retire at Flemington over the carnival on Oaks Day. Yeah, right. And look, I, I just had that gut feeling. I wasn't getting a great number of rides, but my passion was still there. Mm. Um, so I thought, why I'm going, the well, body's in, in good shape. I'd got over a few injuries and I'd had enough setbacks and uh, I just thought it was time. I, I just felt in my gut, I wasn't disillusioned with the game or anything like that, but mm. I just thought the time had come. I was 53 they tried to get rid of me when I was 43 so I hung in there for another (laughs) 10 years and uh, it was good but the send off I got at Flemington was quite remarkable Um, Mm. all the boys made a guard of honour I still think of the utmost respect that including yourself and all my fellow peers give me I love riding with the boys Um, It was a very special day. i never forget it. I'll get goosebumps thinking about it because yeah. it was a game I loved so much. Uh, I had my first ride at Flemington in 1982 and retired in 2015. So it was a great innings. As I said, I had the ups and downs, but
0: mm,
1: mm. Uh, the passion was always there to come back and, and, and finish on the note when I wanted to finish. I didn't want to get pushed out. I didn't want them telling me I was too old and mm. uh, you're scared and all this sort of thing. So... I thought, nah, when the time's right, yeah. pump can walk away uh, with my head held high, no regrets yep. and loved every minute of it.
0: And do you miss it? Was there any stage where you thought you might have made a wrong decision or have you missed it at any stage? Or?
1: Well, yes and no. Look, those thoughts still go through my head now, but um, now I'm doing a little bit with the horses with Jim and Greg Lee. That's keeping an interest for me and... I I probably miss the competitiveness riding against you and 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 Brownie and and, and Ollie and mm. j Mac and Huey and all the boys just being around them but I get that thrill now by going to the barrier trials and seeing them and and even seeing you last week at Wyong. it was great you know yeah. because that's the thing I miss is being around me mates that i had so much fun with for so long
0: yeah i think you, i can relate to that because i think that's one of the things i miss too from riding is just the probably the camaraderie in the room i mean it's a lot of fun yeah, a lot of bad with
1: the boys and yeah. telling jokes and what happened over the weekend and yeah, 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 that, yeah that's the thing i do miss not seeing all the boys again but mm. i go out of my way to go to the races and stick me head in the jockey's room and shake mm. hands and say hello and nice to know that everyone's still in one piece and and mainly happy you know
0: yeah exactly now well, you've you've ridden a a group ones. Surely there's got to be a favourite out of all of them. Which one do you think? If you had to pick one, what do you reckon it would be?
1: Without a doubt, Zoo Star's hundred at Flemington. Um, right. Kiwi was my five five hundredth winner when, when 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 I won the cup, mm-hmm. and I think to finish. I never dreamt of riding fifty group one winners, Chris. To be honest, um, mm. my love for the game just to ride a winner, whether it was. Uh, at Otaki in New Zealand or Auckland or Wyong in Sydney or Flemington or, or the beautiful Ramwick. It didn't matter to me, it was just a matter of being out there and having fun and doing something I love. But I think the 100 at Flemington Zoo Star brings back great memories and it gave me a... I sat in the jockey's room after I won it and I looked at the wall and uh, I thought to myself, what a great achievement, you've worked hard, you've had ups and downs, mm. you finally got there. It took a long time to get a 100. Mm. Um, It's something I never thought I would achieve and look, for the owners that supported me, the trainers and my own work ethic, I was very chuffed for myself and the main thing I think, thank, is Mum and Dad for giving me the chance to do it, Chrissy.
0: Yeah, there you go, yeah, yeah, it's a fair call, it's a fair call. Now what's your thoughts of the the jockeys at the moment, if you had to pick a superstar jockey in Australia, who do you think that would be of all the jockeys riding, Australia-wide?
1: Well, look, we've got some great jockeys in Australia. It's always a hard question. Um, Whether the rating Chris Munts or Jim Cassidy, it Mm. doesn't matter. But I think we've got some wonderful jockeys in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. But I think J-Mac's the benchmark at the moment. Um, Mm. But as you know, it comes down to the quality rides. When you're getting quality rides, you must ride winners. Mm. And he gets the majority of the quality rides. But if I had to have my last dollar on a jockey to get one home would be J-Mac. If I had to have me money on to get one home in a tight finish, I would probably go for Nash. Hmm. And if I wanted a good two-mile jockey to win a Caulfield Cup or a Slipper or a Melbourne Cup, a Cox Plate, I would go to the old head, D. Oliver. Yeah, there you go. I made Ollie. He's still yeah. got it. He, he, yeah. I seen him win a race in Flemington on, on Sunday. He's... He still reads the race well. He puts them in the right spot. Mm. Uh, we always hear people say, "Oh, if he tried a bit harder, he'd ride more winners." Mm. Mm. But Ollie's—he's at that tender age now. He's the leading Group One jockey. He's still very polished. He gives them every opportunity, and uh, yeah, look, I, I think Ollie Nash and J Mac, obviously Huey, but then when you start counting, I mean to say. Mm. Uh Karen McAvoy, Abdallah, all those boys have gone to another level over the last few years. But if I had to have my money on one when I was desperate <laughs> and I needed a, a man to lift one, very hard to go past Nash. Yeah. No,
0: nah, that's very fair. He cool. could
1: do what Jimbo could do. <laughs> he could pump him and lift him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But he couldn't sit five wide on them like you could do and they'd still win. Uh,
1: well, you could do that too, Chrissy. You could
0: do that too. <laughs> yeah, we had our times, we had our moments. Anyway, Pump, no, it's been great chatting, mate. It's been good reminiscing with you. and um,
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. Thanks At for the talk. that time of the year, again, when we all get a bit itchy. Yes. That big two milers coming up and the lead up to it. And-
0: Yes. You yes. know what it's
1: like, Chrissy. A lot of work goes under the under the bridge before you get to the Melbourne Cup and be able to rem- reminisce. And my word, it's all hard work. And uh, been beautiful talking to you, brother.